Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petrellis, and we are so excited for today's guest. This is someone who I know on a personal level pretty much since they've been like a baby. Um, so it's kind of cool to have them on here, but the head hockey, uh, head hockey coach, uh, from effort high school for the girls hockey team, um, was an absolute standout player in high school, you know, played for UMass Amherst played and even worked with team USA has all sorts of crazy records that we're going to be talking about today, but really coaching at the place that, you know, she learned to play the game, the city that she played the game. And, you know, as you know, a lot of coaches we have on here that, you know, pl- you know coach where they played it's uh, it, it's just kind of like a special thing for them. So it's really cool to be able to talk about that today. And it's our Women in Sports Month. We're on our week four here. Uh, and I told you, we had we had an absolute killer lineup and it just continues. Uh, so, you know, I mentioned they're the head ho- girls hockey coach at Mefford High School. And, you know, we're going to talk about statistically in a minute, just an outstanding hockey player, um, but someone who's coaching a young program that uh, I could see in the next like three to five years really becoming something or being special, something special in Massachusetts. So what Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the head hockey coach, uh, girls hockey coach at Mefford High School, Brittany Lanzoli. Hi, Anthony. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we've known each other a long time. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty close with your cousins and, yeah. you know, I still talk to Frankie here and there and Jimmy here and there. So it is it is really nice to kind of see. I mean, all the amazing things you've done truthfully, but like, as we're, you know, as you're older now and you're teaching and you're an educator, as am I, uh, it's just really cool to see you kind of going down a lot of the same road that I did as yeah. kind of having both professions parallel to one another. Uh, so thanks for coming on here. We're really excited. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll jump right into it. Uh, I have this segment a lot with coaches on here that were absolute ballers when they played. And you, you are definitely at the top of this list as far as I'm concerned, as far as statistically a little bit. So I'm going to read some stats about this person. And again, she has no idea I'm reading this, like, like any other guests I've had on here. So like, I'm sure she's like, Oh my God. (laughs) Right. But like, truthfully, this is just, I, uh, this is crazy. So you're the all time leading in fact, check me at any point too. You're the all time leading girls hockey scorer at Mefford High School. You're one of six girls in state history, state history across Massachusetts to register 300 plus points in your career. And I think if I read correctly, your sister Kaylee assisted your 300 points. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. It was an awesome moment. All right. I mean, that's really cool, right? And obviously, I know your sister too. Yeah. Um, but your senior year, you compiled 31 goals and 17 assists, which is insane. I mean, it's insane numbers. But even jumping to UMass, now UMass, regardless of a club team or D1 team, I mean, these numbers don't lie. You played at UMass Amherst, you became the all time leading scorer for the Minutemen with 127 goals, 68 assists, which equates to 195 points. Uh, second on the list of UMass Amherst all time single season point scorers in 2015 and 2016 with 49 goals and 19 assists at 68 points. Um, and you won the, and I don't know what these letters mean, but the ACHA Zoe Harris player of the year award and where you led the nation in goals, 49 and points 68 in 2015 and 2016 at UMass Amherst as well. And you played, uh, you played for team USA women's hockey university, all-star team overseas. So someone who was just a heck of a player. I mean, just if you want, give me like 30 seconds about what I just read to you. I don't know if you know some of that stuff or whatever, but holy moly, Brene. Yeah. Um, you, so high school, the stats you kind of hit on with like Kaylee hitting, uh, assisting that. I think that was like one of my final goals that season too, um, or close to it at the end. So that was just like ending the season or ending the career in Medford, at least on such a high note. 
Um, UMass was awesome. It was, I was able to play for Team USA based off of uh, my career at UMass. I got to go to Kazakhstan uh, for like three weeks. We got to play like the Russian Olympic team, the China, China uh, Chinese Olympic team, um, Canadian Olympic team. It was incredible. So hockey took me everywhere. <laughs> I remember like, I want to say I was in fourth grade. I'm not making this up, but you said that it just, it always takes me back to this memory whenever I hear this country's name, but Kazakhstan, like became a country when I was like in elementary school. I remember my dad like telling me about it and seeing it on the news, like when we ate dinner as a family and stuff. And like, so every time I hear that, I think back of like 92, 93, yeah. I want to say it became a country like right around then, but uh, that's so funny, but obviously, you know, incredible. I mean, playing for team USA and obviously representing your country on anything I think is special. I mean, I'm someone who still gets up for the Olympics. I think it's cool to see all sorts of different events and obviously representing your country when you, you know, just in anything, I think is just, there's so many billions and billions of people that live in this country yeah. and you're a small, small percentage representing that in a sport. So I think that, that that's really, really cool. Um, and I, you know, I've had on a, a bunch of Mefford coaches on here. So you're one of, of many Mefford coaches I've had on here but your resume is by far the most impressive um so again i'm just going to ask you like year one obviously you've had a lot of hockey experience as a player um playing a player and being a coach and sometimes be completely different things as far as how you look at the game and realize maybe what you're responsible for just beyond the ice you know um so talk about year one like falling into the program that you played for you put in my opinion like sean bates put mefford boys hockey on the map you put mefford girls hockey on the map and will continue to do so for an extremely long time talk about that transition of becoming an actual coach of the place that you played for and love so much yeah so it was you you kind of summed it up there just because like it is a huge leap from being the athlete and like loving the sport and then being behind the bench and being the coach and being the responsible one. Um, so this being my first like head coach job, uh, it was a lot at first. It, it was a huge leap for me. Um, again, decision-making, planning, like prepping, managing the co-op. Um, it was just a huge adjustment at first, but getting into the groove like I found the groove pretty quickly um it's hockey I grew up with it it like it's it's like part of me at this point so that part was like it came natural it was just the part that like sitting down and getting to know all the different levels that I was working with on the ice and being able to like adjust and like make a practice that they were like challenging and uh kind of worked for the team that I had in front of me um and we did have a young team this year so that was uh, trying to make it work for the younger younger roster. Um, but overall tough decisions, uh, weren't, didn't phase me that much. I mean, at the end of the day, it it's hockey. I grew up playing it forever. Um, right. it was just, it's just the new responsibility of being able to kind of be behind the bench and like be that positive role model and be able to kind of give advice and kind of guidance for this next generation. And that's, what's like so tough, right? Because when you think of a head coach, you just think like, all right, I get to run this program and coach this team the way that I want. But then that's only like 25% of the job, right? Cause then you're like dealing with parents. And for you, you mentioned co-op and I want to talk about that. I thought I read this and I could be wrong. So fact check me, please. Like, was there five different teams that you've had or five different cities that all played under the Mefford umbrella of Mefford uh, girls hockey? Yeah, we're, it's essentially like a GBL um, co-op. It's like, so Medford, Malden, Revere, Saugus, who am I missing? Everett. 
and we got like one girl from each pretty much it was one girl per like other city so like we had it was a majority of Medford but we did get at least one girl from each of the other cities that we were involved with (laughs) yeah I mean that and that's wild I mean I understand that as like a Catholic school coach like I used to deal with communicating kids from all different cities and towns so I know you know it's hard but you you can do it but I think with hockey, which would maybe a little bit tougher than football per se, my world is that you only have ice time for a certain time and it's only like 50 minutes per se. So if kids are traveling from all different cities and towns and you have an ice time that's like cemented, that might be difficult with traffic and going against it to get the practice or get the games on time. I'm sure that's really difficult. But for you, I guess maybe talk about that aspect of being a public school, but yet having a lot of different kids from different cities and towns. I mean, how is that adjustment for you so like head on before approaching and just like looking at the situation before we were actually able to meet the girls I was nervous because it presents challenges such as like is this team going to be able to bond is there going to be chemistry on the ice and off the ice it's hard because they don't know each other and that's a big part of the game is being able to like trust your teammates and trust the girls that are on your team right um so that was the first concern before like travel was like is this team going to gel they're from all over and they don't, they don't know each other. So that was my first concern. The travel, we were lucky. Um, the boys team worked with us really well. They allowed us to kind of take the later ice time most of the time so that the girls from other cities were able to come and make practice. Um, because like you said, you have that time slot and that's your time slot for ice. And then who knows, it's like, you can't just pick when you want to go on. So we were lucky. We were really fortunate that Sean really worked with us. Yeah. Which is nice, you know, because that's someone who like also, again, played in Medford, played professionally, you know, like again, like statistically your numbers next to each other would be interesting to see for sure. Um, But yeah, it's it's not easy to. And I found that hard, like in the off season with like conditioning. And I'm sure as you're finding it a little hard in the off season, too, with like having a weight room time that's set and making sure that kids can get there and traveling from all different places or for you, you know, they might be playing other sports at their high school, but they have a full team there. So you're not necessarily being able to engage with all of them by showing up to a, you know, I'm thinking spring sports, like a lacrosse or a softball to see some of these players, you would literally have to travel to those cities and towns just to see that one person play. So that obviously presents its challenges and so on and so forth. So taking over a program at such a young age and then taking over a program that has a lot of pieces that come from a different area can be really difficult. So I guess just to kind of finish off that whole rotation, talk about your coaching staff. I know you have two girls on there that are young, uh, played for the program and and alumni, in my opinion, is huge because they just understand different things about the program that maybe somebody else wouldn't from the outside. So talk about how you then went about really getting people by your side that you felt like understand your message and, and, and how to help you get it across. Yeah. So, um, I, so right away, so I was fortunate enough to have Mia Price and Samuel Pilato join me on the coaching staff. Um, because again, when I was hired, I was honestly like overwhelmed. I was like, I don't know how I will be able to do this all. Um, and I was fortunate enough that they were, they wanted to do it. Um, and I wanted to go with alumni alumni because of like several reasons. Um, I was able to play with both of those players going into high school. Um, during our time at Medford, it was kind of like we had we had some really good teams in those seasons. Um, they each brought or they each like impacted the program in their own way. Um, yeah. They each 
worked hard every single day. Um, they were players that I admired. They were players that I enjoyed playing with. Um, and I knew they just brought a lot to the table and they would comp complement each other well. So I kind of, they were my, the first two, no brainer. I went right with them, hoping that they would say, yeah. And fortunate enough for me, they did. And kind of like, so we have this goal, the, te the team, kind of re rebuilding the team back to like where it was when we were on it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of promoting that positive team culture and hard work and pride in wearing a Mustang jersey. And they were part of that team during those best years. So I think if anyone can do it, those two are going to be the ones that can help bring it back. And it must be nice in the sense that like, like I mentioned earlier, 25% of being a head coach is the actual X's and O's on the ice. Right. So when you might not be available for certain things like that and not in the sense of physically, but you might have to deal with something before practice or talk to a parent or deal with something yeah. after practice, whether it's getting the message across on the ice or the message across in the locker room, it must be nice to know that you have two people that played to this program. You might've played with, you have a good relationship with that. Yeah. They can be that voice for you when you might, not even physically sometimes be there yeah no you're so right with that um even with just like decision making they are like I trust them 100% to make the right call when it comes to like putting who on the ice and that one of them does the d door and one of them will work with the forwards a bit more and they have like they are they know this they have 100% um capability to make the call I trust them 100% to kind of take it away. So it works yeah. out really well for us. Yeah. And I think Mia's dad, I met him one time. Super nice. Is his name Dana? Yeah. Yeah. Super nice guy. He's yeah. the meat boss. I think on Instagram, he is like the, the best food around. Or oh, is he? I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. I might be quite. No, you might he, be right. I'll have to ask you. He himself to me one time uh, when I was covering a game, I was covering a boys hockey game after you guys and yeah. super nice guy. But yeah, he was saying his daughter was coaching. So now I'm like putting it all together. Yeah. It makes, yeah. Makes yeah. He's sense. awesome. He's super involved with the youth programs. Yeah. Which is nice. So talk about that. Like, Obviously taking you over year one, there's just like so much that you oh, learned yeah. and obviously you're pulling kids from different cities and towns. How are you looking at your youth programs now a little bit and saying to yourself, all right, I got to be the face there. I got to be invested. I got to you know, show these girls, this is who I am. And I went through this program and everything I accomplished and now relaying that message into this could be you. Yeah. Um, so it's no secret. Like you have to be invested in the youth in order for your higher level programs to kind of flourish. Um, so that's kind of what our main focus is going to be going into this summer and the next seasons, the past season. That, so our first season, we were able to put on a youth clinic with the girls in Medford, which was awesome. Nice. Um, it was so much fun. Like it was like our girls were skating on the ice. We were running drills with the youth. Um, and it was so much fun. And we had such great kind of, we, or the community really received it well. Like we got a lot of great feedback on it. So our hopes is for the future we'll do, or like we're definitely going to do it for next season. Like several times we'll be able to put on these clinics and kind of get the youth involved with our girls. And then obviously the coaching staff. Um, and then just like going forward, like this summer, I'm launching a skills and conditioning program, a strength and conditioning uh, skills on and off ice, um, which will be available for like six through 12th grade, just because like that's kind of what our waiver is. Yeah. Um, and it's hopes to like kind of interact with those middle school girls more and get them to come to Medford High School, get them to buy into the program, get them like more familiar with us and like what we're selling on the ice. Um, so again, fully invested in the youth. That's the way that we're going to build this program back. Yeah. And I think that's so important. Like when I was at AC, I mean, that was always the toughest challenge for us. It was like, we didn't know what we had coming year to year. Yeah. So like, it's nice when you have a youth program and it's 
especially the coaches. Like, I'm not sure how hockey works, but I'm guessing there's probably some sort of like seventh and eighth grade team where that's the goal to maybe build something like that, right? Yeah. To have those upper age middle school kids start learning terminology and yeah. understanding how, you know, what your expectation is as far as breaking out of the zone and all that stuff, right? So yeah. that that's cool. And I think that's a really smart way to go about it because, building a program takes time. And I think that sometimes people forget that, you know, when you're coming in and people are interviewing you and seeing if you're the right person, like in an interview, you're giving a model that's three years, five years, 10 years down the road into seeing this is what I want this program or what my, my vision is to see this program. And sometimes you have like a rough year to like, I had a rough year out the game and we lost games, but we were like really competitive. We lost games very closely. And, you know, sometimes teaching a program or a culture on how to win and how to win those close games and to make the right decisions down the road, that's just, it doesn't happen overnight. And uh, so I think you're very intelligent for taking and looking at this as an investment, as opposed to just being like, Oh, I just, I want to win a ton of games right out the gate. Like most young coaches would maybe think mentality wise like that. Um, for sure. Yeah. And you rate like you kind of with the whole um, the youth program in general, kind of just to go back with what you said, like the goal is to get them into the program and kind of get them familiar with the systems that we're running so that when it comes to their ninth grade, we don't have to introduce this. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they already know this. They already know what we're going to be running. They know what to expect from us. Um, they know what we expect from them. So that's that kind of is the goal. And that that would create success for a program. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we see it so much in the professional and college level now. It's like two or three year windows. If a team doesn't get to where maybe a university or a school thinks, the coach is out and the next person's in, you know, so it, it is at the high school level. Sometimes I think it's unfair because that's, that's out there on social media or on cable or on internet or whatever, like that people think that that's the way at high school coaches, but you're also dealing with a whole different animal of kids playing multiple sports and mental health and school and home life. Like high school coaches deal with a lot. And it's not just like the person who comes on the ice or comes on the court or comes on the field. And what you see is what you get. Like, you don't know if that kid had a rough day in school. Maybe one of their close friends and them gone to an argument or they had a really bad breakup or they gone to yeah. an argument with the teacher or they bombed the test. Like we know like that yeah. messes with you, you know? So I think that like, sometimes I just wish people would look at the body of work being like, this is what we're building towards. Like, because yeah. vision's great and seeing people work towards that vision is just, you're like, okay, like, I'm going to keep rolling with this. I want to keep doing this because what they're saying is what they're doing. They're putting their money where their mouth is. Um, So for you, like, you're pretty nice, like laid back person. I mean, talk about your coaching style. Is it similar to your personality per se? Or would you feel like Brittany off the ice is a little bit different than Brittany on the ice? Very different. Okay. Okay. I love it. I think the girls would attest to that. (laughs) Yeah. The girls are definitely, um, it's it's funny because when I go back to like Sam and Mia, we balance each other out so well because I'm going to like, I'm the hard one on them. Like I'll skating them. If they're not, you have to, be. You why have are you to here? be the bad person. Yeah. Right? So, so they'll, be. they'll look at me sometimes and be like, lay off, like lay off. And it's so funny because j- just like seeing that kind of dynamic, it works so well. And, and then like, I'll like check and be like, all right, you guys can take over for a second. Um, it's funny. Like we work really well together, but coaching style, I guess like, I, me as like a, I'm a competitor in general. I'm the most competitive person I think ever. Um, so I approach everything. Like I want to win mindset, win, whether it's a practice or scrimmaging, whether it's a huge game, it doesn't matter. Like I expect them to want the same thing. You want to win every single time. 
Um, every time we're on the ice, again, we don't have a huge two hour practice. We have 50 minutes to maybe an hour and 10 minutes. Um, so skate or every time you're on the ice, it should be hundred percent. Every time you're on the ice, it should be a game like pace. And it, that's kind of the expectation that we set from the beginning. And at any time that we like slip away from that, we make sure like we know we're slipping, we're going to get back to where we need to be. Um, I say to them all the time, if you don't do it hundred percent, then don't do it at all. And I think that kind of stuck out just from the beginning. It, it kind of was that like mindset of like, this is who we are. This is our culture. We may not win every game, but we're going to work hard every game. Yeah. And I think that it's so important. And like, unfortunately you're the only person who can really deliver that message. Right. So like as a head coach, like, you have to be the one that's good or be the one that's bad or be yeah. the one that's yeah. a, because you're the tone setter, you know? And I think what's nice about your assistance is it's nice. Like I had assistance sometimes like my first year, I was tough, like, yeah. especially early on with like just stuff that I saw, like little things that I was just yeah. like, this is not the right mentality, you know? And sometimes my assistants were like, you're being tough. I'm like, yeah, yeah but I also need to see how tough they are too. Yeah. Like, I know I have to pull the reins at some point, but I want to know when I have to pull the reins. And I think for you as a coach, probably a younger coach too, like just getting into it, you kind of got to figure that out too, yeah. right? Like right. how much can these girls take of giving criticism or constructive criticism before they take it personally yeah. and get emotional? Because I, I can imagine there's that department too of like taking it personal. I see it in, I see it in boys sports a lot. I'm sure you see it as well. You know, you're yeah. trying to coach and make them be their best. And sometimes you have to be careful what you say and how you say it or how it can be perceived. And you're right. I'm sure and that's not easy either. No. And that was something that kind of coming into this program and we had five seniors. So they, like, I had to get used to them, but they had to get used to me. Like, and it was like kind of a two-way street where I didn't know, I didn't know them at all. I didn't know how they reacted. I didn't know what would motivate them or like what would like hurt their feelings. So that was something that I had to kind of like actually take notice of and be like, okay, I can push this girl this far, but I can't push that girl this far right. because they're not the same. Like this one will react well if I tell her she needs to work harder, but this one like will probably not like work, like it won't work for her. Like, and that's something that I had to figure out quickly with them just because again, I was walking in and there was like an established kind of team already. Yeah. Um, so I had to, yeah, I had to figure that out quickly. <laughs> and you're the new person on the block, right? Like yeah. in essentially you're the new yeah. person and that's, and then on top of it, you're adding in kids from different cities and towns that yeah. the, even the girls or the solid base that's back doesn't really know either. So now you're really trying to bring a group together. Like my second year, like we had a bunch of kids from Pope John when it closed that transferred into us that, you know, we went out and spoke to and talked to and everything else. And, but that was another challenge as much talent as we were getting. It was also kind of like, man, I got to get these two somewhat teams. I guess you could look at it on the same page. Yeah to become a team unified team by day one game one, you know, yeah. and for you, you're talking more than two, you're talking, you know, four five, <laughs> six, like yeah. that can't be easy, you know, and you don't know what you're also, what's that child's going through and what their life is like either. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can't imagine your job. So we'll, we'll, we'll focus on you, the coach for a second, as far as like the X's and O's on the ice and like oh. the, the, aspect of hockey that I love most is like PK and penalty kill, like the people that you put out there. Now I'm sure you're limited in the sense of your best players available are probably the ones out there killing the penalties, but what do you look for? I guess in PK uh, penalty killers, as far as the type of player you want out there, what the expectation is maybe from the forwards down to the defenseman. 
So with penalty kill, um, I'm very particular with that because so we're down, we're shorthanded. Um, for me, I always want my best skaters out on the ice, regardless of if you have, like, I'm not looking to score a goal typically. So I want to have, I always want my strongest two or my strongest two defensemen are always going to be on the ice back there. Um, my, probably my, it's probably going to be like one of my first line centers and maybe a first line wing on the forwards up there. Um, but again, whoever's available, it depends. So we have, what we did essentially is everyone learned the PK. So everyone learned it. We always did like the last 20 minutes of each practice. Like we would look into like, who's going to be playing this weekend and like, who's going to be in these positions. So everyone knew it's next man up. Like if this person's not here, you're up. Um, so PK, we essentially like, I want one girl that would kind of always have the puck for coming up the zone. And we always designate a specific person. Like, this is your role. You have to get you kind of like the quarterback. This is you, you're controlling this. Um, and then again, it depends on if the other team we adjust, like, is this team going to be aggressive? If they are, then we're going to be aggressive too. Um, if they're going to lay back and then we're going to take our time and let the clock run out. So it really depended on the team and who was available, but our strategy was train them all in it and whoever was next up would be ready to go. So scouting wise, right? Like, as you mentioned, like, oh, depending on who we're playing or the opponent, yeah. I mean, you probably see teams obviously multiple times. So you figure it yeah. out through film, but how do you like, maybe for a first time you see game six, you see a team for the first time. Are you going actively scouting live? Do you guys exchange filming? How does that kind of work? So it's kind of funny. Um, well, maybe so you don't, this, maybe it's just, no, you just go and see, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this season, so actually Mia, was like awesome at like all the online stuff and all the stats yeah. and like who's good on it, who's scoring their goals. So she always came with that information. Um, I'm really close with the Winthrop coach who like knows everything. He's the head of our league. Um, he coached when I was in high school as well. So I just like know him since forever. Yeah. Um, and he was a huge mentor to me this year. He gave me everything. This is, he gave me the scouting reports for every team before we played them. Like it, it nice. was, it was such a great uh, connection that way. And I would give him back like who we were playing, but he helped me out so much with like the scouting reports. So yeah. I did get them that way. And then you have most of the games are streamed online anyways. So like we were able to uh, kind of go back and watch them. Yeah. And that's probably a great thing post COVID, right? Because I don't think that happened yeah. a lot before COVID now. Yeah. I'm sure like every high school was trying to make their sport available yeah. for family and parents. And that's probably one of the positives that came out of it as far yeah. as high school sports goes that, yeah, you somewhat have a live stream or yeah. some sort of recording of a game that you could go back and look at um, on YouTube, you know, for sure or whatever. Yeah. Um, Helps out with scouting. <laughs> it is nice. You know, it is, it's not easy to scout and that's like a whole nother aspect of the job, right? Like, especially yeah. if you're playing teams from wherever, like, I mean, there were some Friday nights. I, I I leave practice at you know five. I leave early when I was an assistant just to go drive down ninety three because I either had to go to Brockton to see this team or yeah. Braintree to see this team, and you're yeah. hitting all sorts of traffic. So there's like that aspect of the job that no one gets either. Yeah. And then you know you have that game Friday night or Saturday if you go into scout a Friday game, and yeah. there's not much sleep or much layover from what you're doing. And then you're watching film on the next team. It's just yeah, it's kind of yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. What I always find interesting about hockey too, and just being a player is like that 50 minute ice time, right? Like you might get a little bit more here and there, depending on what's coming on after you or what's there before you. But for the most part, you are locked into 50 minutes. I mean, talk about organizing a practice and looking at your practices. You obviously have scouting reports, you know, things about teams. So how do you and your coaches maybe go about sitting down and saying, Hey, 
we went zero for five in the power play last night. We got to work power play here a little bit. I mean, how do you guys go about looking at practice from maybe day to day or week to week? Yes. So um, you are like the 15 minutes is tough. Yeah. We were fortunate and this year, especially um, the rink worked with us really well. Sean worked with us really well. And we typically got like a little, we did get a little longer, um, especially Wednesdays. We had extended ice. Um, but for the most part, you are really limited. So what we kind of did was, especially like if we had a game the next day and we, so if it was like a, a Tuesday practice, we always have a Wednesday game, or if it's a Friday practice and we have a Saturday game, what we're going to focus on typically is we'll do, we won't do a ton of conditioning, keep the legs fresh, but yeah. um, we will get a little in, but for the most part, we're going to look at the special teams and how to like kind of match up with their special teams. So we'll take, that does take a lot of the practice time there. Um, breakouts, break-ins, stuff like that. Just making sure we're clean on the little things and like the kind of the team dynamic more than the individual skills part for that day. Um, but then like when we're looking at a day before, like when we don't have a game the next day, we're conditioning a lot. We're doing a lot of individual skills. We're doing a lot of, um, I guess like fire lines. We're going to be doing a lot of like line work and stuff like that kind of more so to make sure that we're conditioned and make sure that we're like get into the net. Um, stuff like that but before a game we're always working on like penalty kill and power play and stuff like that and matching up yeah and I think that's so important especially at a level of a young team and trying to really mold the team and build what you want this program to be I think it is important to pay attention to that smaller stuff like breaking out of a zone I mean you watch it professionally you can tell when a team is struggling breaking out of the zone and it's like evident when you watch it so at the high school level where it's a little bit slower and the pace is a little bit slower than that college professional level I'm sure you look at and you're just like an average fan looks at it and sees it slow but as a coach you probably look at it like oh my god you know like you're just going nuts they I remember like my first week I'm like trying to see what they know. They're trying to see what I like. We're going like, there was this fun, like, and they like looked at me like I had like 10 heads and I'm like, we like, what do we, like, we know how to do this. Right. And it was like, it took like, I had to like go through it, like step-by-step with them and like, make sure that we were all on the same page as to like, this is a breakout. And like, this is the way that we're going to execute it because everyone was on a different page at that point. So like, we had to like go back and be like, this is how we're going to run it. Yeah. And you got to do it right. Like, There were so many things as a first year head coach that I probably took a beating on as far as what people thought about me, but I I didn't care. Like, I was just like, yeah, cool. But like three or four years down the road, this will look different. This will be different. This will be better. And and kids will come in knowing this is, and you'll see it year two. Like you'll see year two coming in from year one, just how different it is day one for you. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm sure you are, you know, because building the foundation is always tough and and so on and so forth. Um, Obviously, offseason, like, you know a lot about hockey. I mean, you played it. You played it at all different levels. You've seen it at all different speeds, and you've played it particularly very well. Um, What are some things in the offseason, now that you kind of have your offseason, as a coach, are you looking to develop? Do you coach other teams? Do you encourage your kids to play in maybe different leagues? I mean, how do you kind of look at your offseason as far as assessing you and your coaches and getting better, but also maybe what you expect of your players as well? Yeah. So for me, I, there's no off season with hockey. And I like say that to my girls all the time. Like our season is on pause, but like your season isn't, there's no, you can't have an off season and be, especially as a hockey player and like expect to come back and be like ready to go. It doesn't work that way. 
um, hockey, hockey conditioning is a whole different animal. So I know that, like ice isn't that easy to find in the spring, um, but there's all different ways, like uh, interval training, any way that you can keep your body moving in the same sense of like a skating stride, you have to do it. So that's my message to my team all the time. Like you got to continue to train as, as if like we're in season. Um, as far as me, I, so I'll be doing like the strength and conditioning with my team in the summer, uh, throughout the summer. And then Sam, Mia and myself will just like continue to, I think we're going to be doing a few different ice sessions in general, just to kind of generate different groups that we'll be able to work with throughout, yeah. probably expand it past Medford, just because our team is like right. the GBL at this point. So like, right. why not? Why yeah. Not? So we're going to try to reach out to all the cities around us for the summer and try to get them to skate with us um, as much as we can. And then just like working with other coaches. I know it sounds crazy, but like Winthrop, I'm going to be skating with him a bit um, and just trying to like learn from them, figure out what they're doing and how can I kind of translate to work for my team? Because yeah. Winthrop is just like, I kind of idolize that program. He was able to kind of build that up. Um, and that's yeah. kind of what we're trying to do here. <laughs> and I was just going to say, it's probably exactly what you, you know, what, what it was at one point, maybe not as many like different cities and towns, but building a program from scratch. And I think it's so important to see, I've had so many guests on here that will have had a, like a rough season. Let's say, you know, basketball coaches in particular, I've heard say this a lot, you know, they might only have a four or five win season. And as they get closer to the end of their season or even playoffs, like they're reaching out to coaches to say, Hey, can I come see one of your practices like right now? Like mm -hmm. I want to see him this year, end of season, going in the playoffs. Like what am I not doing or what could I be doing differently that maybe just brings a different energy? And that's pretty common. So to say that, like, doesn't sound weird at all. I think that that's pretty smart, you know? And then I think eventually as you get more comfortable in the role, I'm sure going to a college practice and, you know, when you might have a few players on there that are legit college players, or yeah. you might have some right now, like just to see how a college team is ran and how they run their practices, just so you can also maybe, as you know, but like training them for that next level yeah. or understanding this is, you know, like what I love about the Patriots, like Bill Belichick, he takes a lot of plays from Michigan. He takes a lot of plays from Alabama, but those are two guys that run programs like professional programs. So he's also looking to get people that are professionally ready and understand yeah. how the program works. And so at the high school level, obviously it's not at that degree, but it's, it's similar. It's similar yeah. for sure. Uh, squad coming back next year. What do you have coming back? Uh, what are the expectations? You know, let us know a little bit about what we should expect from effort hockey next season. So we graduated five seniors, um, which were huge leadership roles for us. We like, honestly, we look to them as coaches just to kind of, especially at the beginning, kind of provide that leadership and also like stability on and off the ice for the girls. Yeah. Um, so huge losses there, but they're all going to do great in the future. Um, we have one senior next year, so okay. we'll look to her for like that veteran leadership. Um, we have a few juniors. And then after that, we're a young team again. Like we're still going to be a very young team on paper. Um, but overall, like I'm excited. I'm excited to get back with them. I'm excited to get them yeah. working on the ice. Um, we may, we still have the co-ops. We still, so hopefully we can kind of get a few more girls from there. Um, but overall, like we're ready to get to work. We're excited to get to work. Um, I have high expectations for them as always. And hopefully we're able to kind of put it all together and surprise everyone and, you know, work hard and come back next year and be better than we were last year. And that's all really you can ask for. 
Yeah, just like take that step forward every single year per yeah. se for sure. And I mean, even for you, again, kind of going back to your accolades, and I could be a little off here, but didn't you start playing for the for the high school program as an eighth grader yourself? Seventh grade. Seventh yeah. grade. There you yeah. go. Yeah, I got to play with um my older my oldest sister Christy was a senior when I was in seventh grade. So we got to play one year together. So you, I mean, I mean, talk about being like an ambassador for that, right? Like you can talk and pitch these parents and pitch these kids and say, Hey, I did this. Like I came on this program as a seventh grader and yeah, you know, as an eighth grader, you were, you were very good, but like, and as a seventh grader, you were very good too, but like you can teach that and show that and saying, yes, now your, your daughter's getting four to five years of high school hockey. That's unheard of. It's it's crazy. Like that's what, and I think a lot of them were able to kind of, we, we had a huge middle school presence this year. Um, And I think a lot of them were able to kind of recognize, like not everyone gets to have like two or three years to like play high school before actually being, on a high school team. So right. like getting that experience, it's just like priceless. Like you get so much more. There's such an advantage there. Um, yeah. And I'm I sure for it. like an opposing coach, you're like, Jesus Christ, I've been on the team for like five, six years. Yeah. Like I have to see this kid again, you know, like, especially yeah. when those younger kids are pretty good. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I, I think that that's also a different aspect that you kind of bring to the table. That's just on top of your resume to be like, yeah, you know, and I, played at the high school level at a young age and a parent who might be that 50 50 if I don't know yeah. if my daughter should be playing with older kids like that. You know, I'm, I'm sure your sales pitches would be great. Yeah, um, we had that this year. I, I had to have some of those conversations and we were able to kind of convince them like it'll work out. It'll be good. It will, it'll be an advantage for them and we'll watch them. We'll yeah. take them under our wing. <laughs> and it's smart. And you know, like you, you know, in the sense of like, how much you can put on them or how much you can't, you know, yeah. because of that age and that experience and so on. So I think it's great. You know, we, if I had the chance at AC to have a bunch of eighth graders playing the, with the freshmen or just like being there and hearing terminology and understanding yeah. what we're doing, like, yeah, I, I would be like, way. come on on, you know? Yeah. So um, my last question to you before we jump into our two minute drill, this has been a lot of fun. Um <laughs> what would be your advice to like young coaches getting into coaching? And I don't mean necessarily just being a head coach, but just going from the player world to the coaches world, what would be some advice I guess you would give these young coaches as they look to kind of make their start or make their name uh, in the high school world? I think the biggest thing, um, well, first of all, go for it because it's so much fun. And you have, if you have, any like passion in a sport, why not pass it on to the next levels? Like that's what, that's the best part about it. Um, Being able to kind of pass on that drive and that knowledge and that guidance to like the next generation. So if you have it and you want to go for it, you should go for it. Um, But also like, I think there's that big worry of like coming, like jumping onto a team and like having to be perfect and being scared to mess up. But like, that's all the the learning process. And that's how Mm -hmm. you become a better coach. And like, don't be scared to ask questions to especially other coaches or, just like take, take the leap. It'll all work out. Um, you learn, you live through it, you figure it out and it all works out. It's worth it. Yeah. And it's worth the lumps, you know, I mean, as an assistant, it's a lot different than being a head coach, but as an assistant, it's nice to really just go in there and be a sponge, like listen to other people who've been there for a long time, see how they do things, see how it fits to your style and then obviously grow and, and develop yourself as a coach. So obviously take opportunities that come to you. And like you said, 
go for it. Just go for it. Like what's the worst that happens? You're not great at it. You don't, you're unsuccessful at it. Cool. But you know what? You you took the leap, you brought your passion somewhere and maybe something's not meant for you, but maybe something else is meant for you to, as far as where you belong in the coaching pecking order or whatever. Um, No, great advice. So we're going to jump into our last segment here. It's called our Cheney's two minute drill. Uh, Cheney's is one of our, one of our fun sponsors who, uh, there and we we enjoy our time with them a lot. So um, <laughs> this is how it'll work. It's rapid fire questions. Um, you know, one or two word answers. If you want to give more than one or two word answers, that's fine. We're pretty lenient here, um, but it, it, it's a lot of fun. My coaches love this segment, and they they never complain about it. So that's that's a good thing. So that's why we keep okay. doing it. But All right, let's um, do it. <laughs> let me get the clock set, and and uh, here we go. Song that still gets you a little juiced up or fired up before like a big game. Oh, uh, uh, lose yourself Eminem or till I collapse Eminem. All right. I gotta say this is this. I think you're like right around the 70th episode. I, you are, it's so funny. The guest I had on last week also said, lose yourself. And that's the first time I've ever heard a repeat answer. I've asked this question literally like 70 times and it's back to back. So that's I, unbelievable, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm blown away right now. I feel like that is on every single like, hockey playoff uh, like theme song. Like that, that's going to be played. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and we're actually working on right now, working with schools and developing a playlist for schools because, you know, as a coach, I'm sure as I, like sometimes the music that the kids play and some of the language that's on there, like I, I remember before like pregame, I'd be sweating more about like listening to the lyrics as people are coming into the you know stands instead of like watching things. And then you hear that. We're like, what did they just say? Yeah. What was that? You know? And yeah. like, and it's a worry. It is. A, it is a legit worry, at least in the Catholic school world of like getting reprimanded for it. So yeah, creating agree. a clean playlist and having songs that, I, that that's something that we're working on as a podcast to really help out high schools because yeah, that would be I'm awesome. sure it happens everywhere. Even the music um, piece. I'm like, we got to fix this. So. I'm telling you, it's wild. It's but it's great. You said I finally have the same answer. I said I would put this question to rest once I got it. I might have to. Um, most undervalued position in hockey, in your opinion? Defense. I think. Can I elaborate? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, forwards get the recognition for the goal. The goalie gets the recognition for the big save, and then like the defense like makes that all possible, but never gets to like celebrate that or doesn't get that kind of respect <laughs> it's crazy like especially watching the bruins and like you see the minutes that like mcavoy and carlo yeah. put up i'm like dear lord these guys are out there like a period and a half or like a period you know it's 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 crazy yeah. um yeah and they don't get all the love and being yeah. able to go forward and backwards and take right angles and play the ball like yeah being a defense yeah. person in general is very hard they say offense wins games defense wins championships yeah it's yeah. not wrong trust me i'm a huge defensive person in any sport um you've played a lot of hockey so i'll ask you this question what's the biggest goal in your opinion you've ever scored mm, oh goodness um i don't know so i don't know if i would class like I don't know if this is the biggest goal, but the one that stands out to me the most is I played in the state championship at the TD garden and I scored a pretty nice, like top shelf goal, um, against AC. It was at the TD garden. Uh, and it was just like, it was just such a cool moment. Like I got to watch it on the jumbotron after and so many times after that too, it was just awesome. 
it's crazy when you played a professional place like you sometimes forget to look up to you have a giant jumbotron yeah. like when i coached at gillette like i never looked at the replay yeah. ever you know it's and insane coaches were telling that. me stuff and i'm like how the hell did you know that you know yeah. and they're like you look at the screen i'm like oh yeah i didn't even think of that you know yeah. like it is crazy so that must have been cool to see it over and over and i'm sure whoever was there for you your mom or your dad or oh, your family everybody's yeah. probably videotaping it and you probably yeah, have, I think it I, like, have it somewhere I think yeah, yeah exactly yeah, like- <laughs> <laughs> um this is a personal question here that i will ask you your dad kenny's a legend oh is there gonna be a plum and plumber season two is that in the works at any point i hope for all of our sakes no <laughs> <laughs> I figured he, he got a good laugh though. listening to this if he heard me ask that question. So, oh my goodness, we we definitely have that somewhere too on tape somewhere. It's on YouTube. I'm pretty sure I I could probably bring it up. Oh uh, no, very funny. I was I was rooting for it pretty hard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, insane. I just I had to ask that. I haven't I haven't seen it down in a long time. That, that was so long ago too. I can't even. I I forget how old I was. Yeah, I think he, I think they got I think they got gypped there. I think I think they had something. <laughs> Um, would you consider, and you said this a little bit earlier about offense, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships. Do you consider yourself more of an offensive mind, the coach or a defensive mind, the coach offensive, yeah. um, every opportunity I t- crash the net, go to the net. I tell the D all the time, get involved in the offense. We're not going to win unless we get a goal or two. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm offensive. <laughs> I love that. Especially saying, bringing the defense up and yeah. taking chances like that. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. It's aggressive. Um, coach that you, and you might've mentioned this, you might've already answered this question in a sense, but coach that you kind of look up to the most, or has just been great, you know, in, in your development as a player or as a coach yourself. Um, honestly, I would say probably my dad, um, he coached me from when I first put skates on at three to 18, like till I finished high school. And I think the thing that I take away from that the most is, um, First of all, my food was like, we were on the map all the time, state championship, yeah. but uh, just like hard work. Um, that's where I kind of was able to kind of develop as a player, my stick handling. I was on the ice all the time. I, he was hard on me, but it kind of made me the player that I was because I was able, I gained a lot of confidence with that. He kind of instilled like those characteristics and just hard work. And uh, if you work for it, you'll get it. And that's kind of like the mindset that I, want to put forth with my players like if you work for it you'll get it you'll get there um and that's kind of something that stayed true to my career forever like something i always kept in mind and it's smart i mean when people ask me that i always say my dad because my dad was like really tough on me but like (laughs) it definitely when i look back on like certain aspects of it or some teammates that i've had and i see maybe how they react to negativity or being yelled at or being critiqued versus how i kind of took it like i didn't it didn't phase me after a while yeah. because no one gave it worse to me than my dad did you yeah. know so um but it also you carry those skills like i'm sure you preach to your team like in life like you're in your next steps you're educated you're a teacher like now you're responsible for molding you know young minds on the ice but also in the classroom and so yeah. you take those characteristics with you and those experiences with you and yeah. you always say well why can't you do that well right. you, you push them more you. because you're like it happened to me, you know? So, um, I totally get that's a great answer. Uh, biggest win you've had as a coach, I know you have a young career here and you're going to have plenty of big wins, but what's the biggest one right now? 
probably senior night. Um, it was, we were against, playing against Melrose, such a close game back and forth. And the girls were able to kind of take away that win. And it was just such an awesome moment uh, for the seniors the team kind of all came together. There was that one goal in mind, like, let's, let's do this for the seniors. Um, and we were able to pull it off. And it was just such an awesome moment for everyone, everyone on the team. So that one for now. And we'll see. We'll it, see. it will keep getting bigger. It will keep getting bigger. Uh, I'll, a- I'll ask you two more questions. One, I'll ask this one as a player. Being okay. a player in the GBL, where was the toughest place you had to play that you just like hated to play at the rank? Oh, goodness. Um, Hockey Town, Saugus on Route yeah. 1. It's the worst rink Awful. ever. Like, <laughs> I don't even know why it's it's terrible. It's cold. Cold is the most miserable rink yeah. on the planet, maybe, actually. Yeah, I can't. It's, I- it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and the last question I'll ask you to just get a laugh out of you. Who do you think is better at hockey? You, your cousin Frankie, or your cousin Jimmy? Who's a better hockey player? I would take them both. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding. Um, I honestly, I don't even know. I, w- the thing with our family is it's such a competitive. I bet oh, yeah. that's them. They'll both see themselves too, you know? Yeah. Um, it's so funny. Tough one. We'll have to play it out. Well, I'll tell you, your cousin Frankie used to get away with absolute murder on the ice. Sometimes I would watch him so many times after a whistle or if a goalie covered a puck up, the amount of stick jabs he gave with the end of his stick to kids. <laughs> and then kids would go after him pretty hard. And he would, to his credit, draw like a great like penalty for us yeah. to like get us on the power play. But then he would come to the bench. And I remember like your uncle, he's like, I didn't do anything. And in my head, I'm like, I just watched you literally break a rib. Like, <laughs> You know, but uh, no, I mean, you guys are a super hockey family. I mean, all these played at different high schools at different levels. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll have to battle it out. I think so. We beyond will set something up. Maybe we'll go down to the street hockey rink right outside the the schools and the hockey. We have so many. Yeah, we could get them all. We can get my sisters. We'll do it. We will. We uh, listen. I'll get a goalie and everything. We'll make this pretty (laughs) legit. But you survived the two minute drill. And, uh, you know, I want to thank you for coming on here. This was a lot of fun. This was something I was really looking forward to and such like a powerful month that we have on here um it, you know we have a we had a monster lineup we still have one more monster guest that we're really excited about and um but i want to thank you for taking the time you, you're doing this on a friday night which i'm sure you're like dear lord get me off this and here we go no, it was but, awesome um but thank you i really appreciate it no thank you for having me it was so much fun all right cool so <laughs> from beyond podcast i'm your host anthony Petrellis, Brittany lanzilli mefford girls hockey till next time